Thank you for joining me for today's episode. You know, this is the final episode of season two. Season two has been amazing. I have had the most incredible guests. I've laughed with them. I've cried with them. I have loved every minute of sharing their story with you. It has truly been an honor and a privilege. And for today's final episode of season two, I really wanted to bring on somebody that I look up to, that I admire, that is such a part of Joy for Ministry day in and day out, somebody that I love living life with, serving in ministry with, my husband, Jason. You know, Jason and I have this saying, it's you and me. And in everything we do, we really truly mean it's you and me. Joy for Ministry would not exist without him next to me. Not only does he do behind the scenes work, but he is encouraging, loving. He is praying for this. He shares my vision and he believes in what we're doing here at Joy for Ministry. I tell him all the time I could not do this without him. So I wanted to bring him on so you could see his heart and our story and what has led us to this point today. You'll get a small glimpse today of not just our past and what we've been through and where this vision was birthed, but also into our goals and our hopes for the future of Joy for Ministry. Again, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good. You are my favorite guest that I've ever had on my podcast. I can't tell. I can't tell you how excited I am to finally be on. But I'm not sure what it says about me that I, this is like I don't know episode forty or so. And um, no, not forty. Uh, maybe thirty-five. Um, no, it's 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 an honor to be on here with you. Um, I'm excited. Thanks for finally uh, deciding to talk to me. Well, you know, I talk to you every day, so it's kind of like, why don't we just record it? That's true. Then we can just play it back and see what, see how crazy we sound to each other. That's right. So I'm just going to like, you know, let you take over. We're going to talk all things JFM, which is what we call it, Joy for Ministry. We do. Um, and we do. Go ahead. Because... I, everybody knows I'm passionate about it and you are behind the scenes doing podcast stuff and you were my sounding board and you are the one that sometimes I'm staying at the edge of the cliff and you come up behind me and you just push me off <laughs> and you push me to all things joy for ministry. Um, so even though I'm the, the voice that people hear that's passionate, you are just as passionate that I'm walking in this vision and gifting so i'm excited people get to hear from you yeah it's fun to watch you walk into these things that you've had on your heart for a very very long time and uh, i think sometimes you didn't know what to do with them uh, i think other times you were intimidated but it's been fun to just take one step in front of the next and see what happens uh, so right. I have some questions for you. And so that's kind of what we'll do. I'll, I'll, 
I'll ask you some questions and then we'll talk about kind of where, from our perspective, where JFM came from, how it started and where it is and where it's going uh, or where we hope it's going. And along the way, what things you've learned, I know you did a little bit of an interview with you with Caitlin, um, but I think um, from our perspective, it would be interesting to hear, I hope it will be interesting for people to hear kind of what goes on behind the scenes between you and I as we um, try to figure out how we got to where we are and where God's taking us next. Yeah. Um, and all that could be for JFM. Yes. All right. Let's just dive in. All right. So I guess my first question is, when did you first... I think I know the answer to this, but when did you first realize the need for something like what JFM is becoming or has become? So it's funny. I, you know, we when we say like we've talked about this and dreamt about this, like it's literally years and years and years. And like you said, I didn't really probably, know. Probably 19 to 20 years. Yeah. I, I started in ministry about 20 years ago um, as a pastor's wife, but, but having my own passion for ministry, it wasn't like ministry was your thing. And I was just like on the sidelines. I knew very early on, I wanted to do something in ministry. I just didn't know what it was. Um, and so I, when we started out as youth pastors, I saw the need for support for pastor's wives. But it really wasn't until maybe five years ago that I really made this connection of women in ministry. Women in ministry need support, not just pastors' wives, not just um, you know pastors. Not just, like there needs there's something lacking in the support coming around really everybody in ministry, but for me, my passion is caring for women. And so I kind of combine those two passions. You know, I always would say, I love to care for those who care. And I just connected that with seeing this lack of care for pastors' wives, support for them. Because if you're caring for the pastor, not the wife, you're, you're missing half of what's happening. And also just caring for women in ministry, seeing this glaring need. So I would really say it's like five or six years that I felt this call to um, just, you know, caring for women in ministry in general. Yeah, I think years ago, those early years, you weren't looking to care for people. You just needed support yourself. Like you were looking for somebody to help you and guide you. And you really... John, like you said, you had a heart for ministry. In fact, we got set up on a blind date because we were both interested in ministry. And you were looking for me. And so somebody... Really? <laughs> um, no, you, we got set up on a blind date because we were going to go to the same college for youth ministry. Yeah. Uh, at least I, I think that's part of the story. And, um, but we came from extreme, even though we both wanted to go into ministry, we came from extremely different backgrounds. 
And we had different expectations, which I think is one of the key words we're going to talk about a lot today. Uh, we had different expectations for what we thought ministry was. Uh, I grew up in a traditional pastor's home. Uh, our, it was not a big church uh, that my dad pastored for most of my eight, like my growing up years. And so we were, our lives revolved around church. The people in the church were my aunts and uncles if you will. And they were the people, they, they were closer. We were closer to them than we were of my parents, actual siblings. And yeah, our, when I understood church or ministry, I understood it as like this all encompassing thing you go into. Right. You, you, your perception was a little different. Uh, just a little. I mean, I, I still remember very clearly. Now, we'll be married 20 years in October. I remember very clearly. We were married maybe a month or two, and me coming and saying to you, yeah, I'm just not going to go to church uh, to, this morning. I, I just, I'm tired, or it was something. And you were like, um, what? <laughs> You're like, wait, <laughs> no, you don't just, like, you just go to, you can't just say, I'm just not going to show up at church. And I was, ugh. Those were tough years trying to navigate our differences. Yeah. And I think, you know, you started in ministry because I was already, in, when we got married, I was already working at a church. Um, and so we came home from our honeymoon and you were a pastor's wife. Right. And, um, and so you, like, you got thrown in the deep end. Yeah. And I didn't even know, I, I didn't even know, like, I mean, I, I did have examples of pastors wise, but I didn't really know I should be looking at them. Like, you know, Denise Jonas, she was somebody that I really cared about. Um, Kevin and Denise, you know, they married us, they did our premarital counseling, but I, your mother, like there was people in our lives, but I just didn't even know I should be looking for an example or and so it was really literally thrown in the deep end. Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned Kevin and Denise. And, you know, as we look back on our relationship, I think their, their premarital counseling of us was a pivotal thing that we both still remember. Uh, we did some really cool exercises. One of the things that we did was 25 expectations. We still think about the, that conversation Um 25 reasons we love each other and 25 expectations we had in marriage, but we never did 25 expectations of ministry. Right. And, and um, if we had done five, I think it would have been helpful for us because we did a big fat zero. Although I think we both thought the other person just thought like we did. Right. Right. And it definitely was eye opening and you know, I say this at the time when we left our first ministry job, you know, you decided I'm going to go back to school. There was no, it was a, a good leaving. There was nothing bad in it. It was just, I'm, uh, we're going to go back to school. We're going to take the next step. But I always felt this, some sort of responsibility. Like I couldn't handle ministry. It was, I was, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, 
And so I always kind of carried with me, like I felt some sort of responsibility for us because it would be a few years since we went back into ministry after that. It, it was a few years, but if I, if I can make sure that I understand you, you felt like you were the reason I wasn't in ministry anymore. Right. I felt like you were called and you knew your, you knew for a long time you were called, the Lord called you to ministry. And I felt like I couldn't hack it as a, a pastor's wife, as a woman in ministry. Um, I didn't have the support. I didn't know what I was doing. We had different expectations. And so at one point you were just like, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. And I held with me that, that burden when, when you didn't go back into ministry, it was because I wasn't called and you were called. And it took me a while to work through that. Yeah. And we know that now that that wasn't the case, what was the expectation that I had on you in those early years that was the most eye-opening to you or most surprising? Um, the expectation I think that you had on me was that I would acclimate and love it as much as you did. That I would, um, you know, you dug in, you were at everything you were. I mean, it was your job in a lot of ways. And for me, I had a full-time job. So you just, I think you were surprised that it was an adjustment, that I wasn't diving in, loving it. I was, I was pulling for your attention. Um, and so I think that was really hard for us, you know, at the time. Yeah, I, I, we did. And I think we both had, you didn't have any brothers. I didn't have any sisters. Um your sisters and your family circle was, was as much a part of your environment as the church was of mine. Right. And so it was natural for you to want to surround yourself with your family. And you, I remember going to certain people's houses who were also in ministry and you being like, I don't know how to do this. How do I do this? And sometimes people were like, you just do it. Like they offered you nothing. Yeah. Um, and so you're right. We, we, I went back to school. We were out of minute. We were out of vocational ministry. We were involved in our church. Um, but we were out of vocational ministry for, you know, nine years. I yeah maybe it was either it was eight or nine years and then when we went back I think you had a better understanding that people I think the first time you were like am I the only person who doesn't understand this or, or doesn't feel supported or doesn't know if they're capable of doing this and I think our second sojourn back in you were more aware of I know I'm not alone in this right and so yeah, but, and I went back in like feeling like I, I had an excitement. This is a privilege. This is, and so I feel like the the character building, the work, the things that the Lord had done in me, um, in that time, I just felt ready 
but I knew I would need support. And I knew that other people in there were like me. Whereas the first time around, I was like, it's me. This is, this is me not being able to, you know, get through ministry, not, not being called second time around older, wiser, the Lord had just done such a work in me that I knew, okay, I got this. It's going to be hard. Um, but he's called me and it, it's not that I'm not called. It's that this is hard and I need support and other people need support. Well, and those are, so, uh, that, okay. So let's keep going before we get to we'll talk about expectations. So you understood that and then, but it was still a couple of years before we went, we went all in and, and you started JFM and we, um, what was the, like, you talked before about me pushing you off the cliff, which, um, <laughs> in a good way, like, you don't <laughs> let me stay still. You're like, keep going, keep going. You got it. So when you, what was your first step? And when you started JFM? So, you know, we had walked through some difficult things. Um, and, you know, I, I felt this burden for women and supporting women. And I, I really just simply started praying for women. I, it was no frills, no nothing. I would email a woman in ministry at our church each week, a different pastor's wife, a different woman. That's true. I forgot and about that. Remember that? Yeah. So it wasn't like Joy for Ministry didn't exist. It was just, I just started as a prayer ministry. Um, and I would email different women and I would pray for them. You can tell me something specific. You could tell me nothing. I'm praying for you this week. So I started doing that. And it was really, I love doing that. It was, I felt like it was a privilege to just be praying for other women. And then, you know, we walked through a time where, I had to make a choice and you were really good at helping me, but the choice was I could be offended and I could be angry and I could um, fight for, for what I knew was right and for justice for you and I, or I could see the bigger picture of that. The Lord is, is working and I could forgive, I could um, let him build my character, I could come out more in the image of Christ, I could do these things. And I want to help other people see that bigger picture. Um, yeah, so, but I forgot that you started that, that, that you were praying for those women you know, when we were at that, that church and we were at that church for just almost four years, um, you found a community of like-minded or of pastor's wives who just were praying with each other. Um, and there was one person in particular, um, Christine, she's been on the podcast before, who kind of championed that and was like put the you know, I guess you guys would meet once on in a month or something. And she, she would typically host it. And it was this genesis of, for you, 
this important community, but also praying for people. Yeah. And, and so uh, Christine and Rich moved away and eventually you just sort of said, I'm just going to start praying for people. Right. Um, and then we left that church and it was not, it, the first transition we went through was, was good. The second, tra that transition was not. No. Um, and, and it was in that moment, you know, I was, you know, like you say, I was very adamant that uh, there are things you can control. There are things you can't. The thing you can control is that your character reflects character of Christ. And so we walked through that and I said that to you maybe a thousand times. And sometimes I was talking to you and sometimes I was talking to me, but it wasn't very long after that, that you, you picked up that mantle again and, and said, I'm going to start praying for people again. Yeah. Um, well, I remember being on a walk with you. You know, we have a great uh, block and we walk on the block and it's a, it's a little over a mile. And I remember we were on a walk and you, you know, I said, I, I feel like there was many times I told people I want to start this ministry for women in ministry and people didn't really get it. Um, but I, that, I just kept feeling that and feeling that. And we were on a walk and I'm sure I was crying my eyes out to you. And you said, you have to keep praying for people. And I, and I remember saying to you, are you kidding? I don't know if I could ever be useful in ministry again. And, you know, people talk about having these big signs from the Lord, right? Like the Lord, like I said to the Lord, I need a sign and this happened. And I remember saying to the Lord, Lord, if you want me to do this, to start praying for people again and keep going with this, I need a sign. And um, I remember on that walk going home and I typed out an email and I pressed the send button. There was no sign. There was no big writing in the sky, but it was like in that moment, I was just like, Lord, I don't have much left, but what I have, I give you. And that was like my jumping off point. I, I hit send on that email and I, it's been baby steps, baby steps, so, praying for this person, praying for that person. If I remember right, that first thing was like, you were going to email 20 women that you knew. Yeah. And um, do you remember how long it took to get a response? Um, I mean, I feel like I got responses pretty quickly. I feel like people were really responsive to it and that fueled me and it and excited me okay and so that was the and so that's kind of the the genesis of yeah. jfm right and then you were like what if i had a website that people could just submit prayer requests to right because i thought to myself People need an anonymous place. What is one of the biggest hurdles in ministry is you feel alone. You can't share your deepest, darkest. What if you're struggling in your marriage? Who do you go to? What if you're, you hate your church because they 
did something to you. How do you get healing? So I said, I kept saying to you, I need an anonymous, you know, prayer line. I need something where somebody can just submit a, a prayer request and know it's not going to come back to them. And so that was, that was when I said, I need a website. So then we did a website. Then we did a website. And by we, <laughs> we mean you and, uh, and my brother-in-law, brother Eric, who, he's very talented. Eric does all of, has done so many of the things behind the scenes for, for JFM. And, you know, he's, uh, he and, you know, your sister, Grace, who's also been on the podcast, their, their generosity of spirit through this has been super helpful. Like so many people, um, but they, they particularly have been a huge part of this. So you start this website and then do you remember what happened when you first started the website? I don't know what you're getting at. Should I be afraid? No, you shouldn't be afraid. You used to get a lot like alarms or uh, notifications, probably that's the best way of, of somebody's on the site. Yeah, it, it, in case like somebody wants to chat or whatever. Yeah. So like, when, if somebody goes on the site and they want to chat, I'll get a notification or. But very quickly, it started to become like this thing that we had, we had walked through in other situations and that is numbers the 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 struggle of numbers which is something you're very passionate about that shouldn't be a big deal you're you're gonna you're gonna need to rein me in if we start talking about numbers <laughs> why because i hate numbers and i'm gonna start to say things that you don't like because i know there's a place for them i know there's a place for them but um i hate I hate the numbers game. There's a game. There's a something that people look to, myself included, which I used to get so angry about the numbers thing. And I realized it's actually a temptation for me as well. I actually have a blog coming out in the next week or two once I get it ready. And then it's the name of the blog is I hate my headshot. <laughs> But it's talking about, you know, things that we don't like that we see and we can judge somebody about, yet it's a, we're just like somebody else. It's a temptation for us as well. So we, we were at churches and you would hate when the, the topic of numbers would come up and uh, that it shouldn't be important, that people were important. Uh, you are a the person in front of you is the most important person type thing. And you're very empathetic. You're very caring. And so, and then we got into JFM. It started small. We had no expectations. We didn't even have a plan. And you thought of the name Joy for Ministry. And then we tried to think, what could we do with the word for? And so you had four areas that you thought would be for like, topics that would be helpful to women i think they were prayer community healing healing and truth 
and truth. And so like we, you dug into those things and we started to see people come onto the site and all of a sudden it's, it's like a drug, right? Like to get the momentum of growth and it's excitement and then nobody logs on and there's the, the, Oh, are we failing? Hello. You, you saw all those things from a very different perspective. Um, and we had to walk through that. Um, we, you know, we had to walk through that idea of, hey, is this something that we're facing more than we expected? Or, you know, I was real critical of other people about this and now I'm dealing with it. Right. What what did you learn through that process? You know, I used to say to you, I'm different. That was my big line. I'm different than them. I'm different. And, you know, part of my hate of numbers has to do with the pressure that we were under, um, that you were under, that we can be under, that pastors in general are under, women in ministry are under, and numbers sometimes equals worth in an organization. And so that bothers me because in in God's eyes, numbers doesn't equal worth. And I know there's a place for it. And so what I used to say to you all the time was I'm different. I'm different than them. I'm not, I'm going to find the one. And if God takes this away tomorrow, I want to hold loosely to it. And finally you said to me once, you know, that's a pride thing that you keep saying I'm different. Um, and I, it was like, a, I, at first I was like, it's a pride thing. And then I realized, um, yeah, I, it is a pride thing. I'm not different. I am tempted by the same thing that, you know, can be bigger than they should numbers or you know looking a certain way or whatever I'm tempted the same way anybody else is and me continue to say I'm different that is pride and so um that was something that you know you you helped me walk through and it is a temptation that I'm continually working on so yes I hate numbers if if people haven't gotten except Except for when uh, JFM's numbers are good, and then no, um, I I I it's even I don't ever I very rarely check my downloads. Um, I've handed off social media to somebody who just I adore. She's amazing because I'm terrible at social media, but because I don't. I don't want to look to that like that's the worst thing. If I can help, I was one person back 20 years ago. I want to find me, person that that needs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I And that's I always, that's always the goal, right? That's always yeah. the goal. But God, through his, his blessing and through your leadership, you know, we had no, we had no vision for this other than to find the one. Yeah. And then um, we started the website and that started to get traction. And there was some traction on the, the original 20. They, that not, it wasn't just one time they emailed, but there was continued action there. And you started to write blogs that would go on the website for truth. 
And so 2019 is coming to an end and, and you and I sit down and I'm, I'm more of a organizational goals. Um, let's have a plan type person than you are. And so um, I push you to have some goals in 2020. Um, your goal was that there would be a global pandemic. So everyone can blame you. It's your fault. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what, do you remember what our 2020 goals were for JFM? Um, I remember wanting more prayer requests. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have it written down somewhere. Um, I, I tried not to focus on it during the pandemic so much because it was like, well, half of these can't happen, but, um, you know, more traction on just the website to prayer requests. That's, that's what I'm passionate about. Um, I wanted a speaking event. You know, my heart is to pray for women at altars, but you know, I say that over and over again. Um, you know, things like that, that just were not, I actually did have a speaking event that got canceled. It was my first one. It was in March of 2020. Um, so yeah, a lot of those had to change so the pandemic came and we shifted some stuff around and it, it obviously changed everybody's everything right but one of the things we started doing i started doing for my work was like facebook lives webcasts that type of stuff and you decided you know what i should do a podcast yeah. and yeah, I, I decided my voice just was not enough. Uh, I, I can reach a certain group of people, but you have um, women that are pastors. You have children's ministry. You have, seen, you have worship pastor's wives. You have senior pastor's wives. You have so many different types of churches, organizations, I'm reaching a very small, I can reach a very small, other women's voices can speak so much into other people's situations. And so I was like, I'm not enough. And so that was the idea behind the podcast. And it started with kind of small with your team and your small circle of friends, and then more opportunities came. And so by the end of 2020, you had seen an increase of traffic to the site. You had written, you had started writing blogs to where, you know, they were, there were some that really started to get some traction um, on like medium and other places. Um, you had done some women's devotionals and even had some guests do those things on your social media sites. And then you launched a podcast and you're right. You said it before. It was kind of like baby steps, right? But all right. along the line, you were kind of, I was much more, here's the plan. We got to work the plan. And you were just like, whatever happens, um, happens. And then we had to be strategic to not forget the point of what we were doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, because, I, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're right. And you help me bring me back when I get like, what am I, you know, I, I, and I, I say this every couple, you know, couple months I quit because 
whatever the reason I'm, you know, what am I doing? Um, I don't know what I'm doing. Can I really be, you know, there for people in the way, like I, I have these huge hopes and dreams and goals and every few months that Bacad and you, you know, bring me back. And it's very important that I have my why in front of me. And then there's one other thing you did in 2020, which I was not the most supportive of, is you wrote a journal. Um, and I was like, why? We don't need, a, the world doesn't need another journal. To be fair, my understanding of a journal was just a book that had a bunch of blank pages in it. Um, and I, but that's not what you did. You wrote a devotional guide, a Bible study guide. A, you know what, it's not, a, it's not a Bible study guide, it's a life journey guide. Um, and it's fantastic. And it's another one of those things that, um, you know, I'm super proud of you for doing. Um, I'm proud of you for doing all this because this is not, you're not like a take the initiative and go do it person. No. Uh, in fact, I've never seen you do that in any area except for JFM. Yeah, we say that I'm a very good support person. That's my gift thing. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, that's that you're you're that's not bad, but you're more than that. You've just finally found what you're passionate about and walked into it. Um, and so, all these things that we could have never foreseen when the pandemic started happened and have grown. And so, you, um, and God continues to unveil new things to you, opportunities, th things that we weren't even envisioning when we sat down and last did our goals. Um, and what's been important to us is not to, be to allow the busyness of this ministry to distract us from what's your goal. It's to reach the one. Right. Uh, and so every once in a while, I'm like, have you emailed your group yet late, late, re recently or... Um, what was the idea you had today? Oh, well, I, you want me to say what my idea was today? Sure. I don't know that it's fully impacted. We, we, we know how to unveil it, but well, you want, you know, I, I've had a few, um, things that recently that I feel really excited about. And, you know, I, I do want to touch on the journal real quick. That was something that, yeah, you weren't, you didn't really understand what I was wanting to do but the journal is called he is for me and when I when I thought there needs to be something for women in ministry um it really it's not just it, it is for pastor's wives it's for women in ministry it's for the volunteer on the worship team like it's for people that are involved in church and um doing that then we did the videos to go along with it which we're in the process of um we're going to be uploading those at some point in the yeah, next they're, the, the they're being produced right now they're being produced right now it's just a conversation starter six weeks devotion six week devotional one video for each week to set up a conversation to set up the week um and that's super exciting I'm hoping to have just a series of these, um, but it's to show you how God is for you and your ministry. And he's the one that validates your life, not the numbers, not 
you know, and that you can get through the storm. So that I'm really excited about. Um, also just this idea of listening to people. Um, I think it's something that I feel really passionate about listening to people um, who just need that, that ear to say, this is really hard. And I can say, yes, I understand. And also to pray for them. And so, you know, we're setting up um, Marco Polo that we could have, you could jump on and I could have a little devotional each week and you can get prayer. Um, I just don't want that person to feel like they need that they need a listening ear and there's nobody out there for them. So that was my idea today was, um, I want to pray for you in person. You know, I've, I've seen this done in places and I just, I think it's really powerful and exciting. Did I um, answer your question? No, yeah, no, I think that's great. And so there's also the mentorship thing that we're working on. You know, just fun, really amazing thing. Yeah, and it's just God continues to like make the things that we dream about possible. And so not always in the way we thought about it, uh, especially, you know, due to pandemic and all the things that 2020 brought. But 2020 was an explosion for JFM. Like we couldn't have even thought that that what, what happened in 2020 would be possible. And then 2021, more things are coming. Um, yes. I, I'm hoping that, you know, even in, in talking to women and setting up a mentorship where, you know, you can um, receive from the woman above you and you can pour out to the one below you. And so, yeah, just we have big ideas and big things on the horizon. Yeah, you want to really help people build community and so that they yeah. can be supported in places that they don't have to feel threatened about sharing their struggles with. Um, yeah. And so that's great that, that we don't know how all of those things are going to happen, but we continue to see ideas and you've surrounded yourself with a creative team of people who help you do all of this. And so that's exciting. You know what? We have our, we, we, you, we, huh, you, uh, JFM <laughs> has its first like paid employee person. That's exciting. Yeah. We've That's had people exciting. don't, you've had people who have generously donated to uh, JFM. You have people yes. who are con like have recurring and generous like uh, gifts and contributions. And so, you know, God yeah, continues we have to a provide. Deductible. You can, you know, it's to me, that was important to have something like, you know, to have a nonprofit where somebody can can give to this vision of creating a space where you can care for women in ministry, care for the church so that they can pour out into their church and their community. It's it's a ripple effect. And so um, I trust the Lord that if somebody, you know, gives a gift, I'm going to just steward that as well. And um, just, you know, hear from the Lord and, and just 
be wise with it. And so that's something else that has been exciting to see this year happening. Yeah. So before, so, you know, I, we, we talked about wanting to talk about expectations. That's what I wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, and so let's do that before um, I've got a couple questions for you and then we'll wish people a great week, but. Okay. Um, okay. So, you know, you have your question that you typically ask people, what would you tell a young you or something yeah. like that? What would you tell yourself about your expectations of other people at church? So what would I go back and tell myself, young me? Yeah, sure. You know, I think we taught you and I just around the, our fire tonight um, talked about this. You know, we were sitting outside, we're, we ate dinner around our little fire pit and it's so easy to get offended. Somebody says something, does something, it could be small. It could be really big. It could be something that's damaging to your family, to your heart. And people get offended and bitter. And what I would go back and tell myself is you're going to, people are going to hurt you. It's life changing and ministry changing when you forgive, when you don't hold on to it when you realize that those things are building your character to make you more like Christ and it just makes your ministry so much more powerful. So that's why I would go tell myself is, you know, you are going to get hurt, but when you can truly forgive or see it for what it is, um, you are going to be stronger. Your ministry is going to be better. And um, yeah, I, I just, I think that's really a huge thing in ministry that we don't talk about enough. What would you tell yourself about your expectations of me? I would... I would tell myself that it's not up to Jason to make me happy. It's not up to Jason to fulfill certain um, needs in my life that, you know, you, you are going to mess up that you are the Lord is working on you I had these expectations of you that you know you were going to act the way I wanted you to or you were going to put me above our church and you were going to treat me with you know just different we were young and so I would go back and tell myself like you know he is not going to replace God and it was up to me to have my walk with God, to have my fulfillment come from God and not from you. And I think I depended on you and counted on you 
maybe for things that I shouldn't have. I expected you to do things that that I shouldn't have. Yeah, you and I are very, very, very different people. Uh, and we've learned a saying that says, let, let me be me or let you be you. And we did not let the other be the other for many, many, or we tried not to. Um, the, we, would, we would fight every week after youth that I preached at. Every Wednesday night, we would fight. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I, but I think that saying, let me be me, we have learned to say it along with something else. You can only say that if you also know that that person is, is considering the other person in all things and dying to themselves in certain things. It's not like, let be, me be me, so I'm going to do whatever I want. I think we've learned that we want the other person to be themselves, but we trust each other, that we're looking out for the other's best interest. It goes hand in hand. And I think, uh, I think we learned that over time. Yeah, that's fair. The, the, trust is an important word there, right? Um, but... You know, you hated, if I was preaching on a Sunday morning, you didn't want to go to church. You would go to church and not go in the sanctuary. Um, I feel bad telling you this, but sometimes I still, <laughs> sometimes I still do that. Why? You know, it's the same reason, I guess, like I don't sometimes like sharing my own like stuff that I do. Um, I don't know. I just get like oh I should say occasionally I do that I don't do that like I used to um I don't know why I do that I think it was a trust thing in the beginning and sometimes it's that I I want people to see the what I see in you and I get like you know I get nervous yeah, I get very defensive afraid. of you you're afraid that I'm going to say something that people are going to take the wrong way. And, right. um, and the reality is I'm going to say something that people are going to take the wrong way. And, you know, we went through that whole thing of like people trying to talk to me through you. Like we did all of those things in ministry, you know, you should tell Jason. And, right. and you did like early on, you were like, Oh, I need to tell Jason. Um, right. Or and, I would get mad at you and say, why did you say, you know, this person said, you know, it, it was, it was tough, but we're not there. Yeah. Anymore. But I think that that's part of where, what JFM is about is, is even those simple things, just letting people know, you know, other people, they're not alone walking through them. Cause some people are like, they want to sit on the front row when their significant other speaks. But not everybody's like that. And, um, and you have a, you speak for the people who that is not your natural bent. Not that you don't think I'm a good speaker. No, I do think you're a good speaker. And I, you know, I love that you say that because we're all different. And the blog for truth 
it's called breaking the silence, the untold truth of ministry. You know, I want to say the hard things that some people just don't say, like, who's going to say, I don't want to listen to my husband preach. I go, you know, pace in the hallway. But I think it's so important to say these things because when you don't, you're just, you're suffering in silence thinking, oh, it's just me. I'm not cut out for this. I'm not called. I'm not, you know, but we all have these struggles. Yeah. In one way or another, right? We all, right. it's not easy for any of us. All right, right. So that was expectations of me. What would you say to yourself about expectations of you? Hmm. I was definitely a people pleaser. I still am a people pleaser, but I was much more so back then. Whatever I thought. Except for one person. <laughs> I, I am somewhat of a people pleaser towards you now. In the beginning, I think um, I probably wasn't. But so I, I think what I would say to myself is, I, whatever somebody expected of me, I was trying to fulfill that. I was like, you know, running from here to there to whatever. Oh, this person wants it done this way. Oh, I'm going to do it this way. This person wants it. And I thought that by pleasing people, it was showing that I was good. I was valuable. I was worth something. If I do it in this way and I do it well, and that's exhausting. And so I think I would go back and tell myself, just don't be people pleasing, just be God pleasing, because you're never, you're never going to please everybody. So if the, you know, you don't have to be involved in everything. You don't have to do everything. See where the Lord is leading you first and foremost. Okay. I got a couple more questions. The next question is not one of your original and I didn't tell you I was going to ask this. So this is, I'm just going to catch you and see what you say. Oh, we've been through we've been through several church transitions. We worked at a church and I went back to school, left ministry. So that was transition. Then we started going to a church. That church opened a campus that we went and be part of the leadership team. So that was a transition. Then we left that church to go back into ministry. That was a transition. Then we left the church we were at to go to a different church, right, where, where we are now. That was a transition. We were there as campus pastors, but the campus temporarily still hasn't reopened from COVID, right? So we're back at the broadcast location, which has been a transition. So of all of the transition, so we've been through a lot of church transition or lead, church leadership transition in our 20 years together. What have you learned from transitions in ministry that you would say to somebody who maybe just experienced a transition or is going through one right now or is about to I would say when you're in ministry I believe you should hold loosely to where you're at I'm not saying that's easy there's people I know that are at churches for 30 years but the Lord calls you to a certain place for season and you might be there for your entire ministry career, you might be moving season to season to season. Um, and so hold, I, be flexible, hold loosely with that. But we've talked about this recently. We have seen the Lord work in each one of these. What, what were we saying? Like, what have you learned 
And we went through and talked about, man, you know what? When we were in Dalran, we really, you were there to serve Pastor Paul. And this is what you learned. And then when we were in this church, you know, we learned this. And, you know, the church we're at now, TLCC, you have learned such a depth of, of preaching and knowledge and your just desire for scripture. And for me, it has been TLCC, you know, the church we're at now is the place of refreshing and um, healing. And so I think I would say sometimes I don't like transition, but I have seen how there has been just gems in each of these transitions some really hard, but have produced amazing fruit. That's good. That's fair. And, you know, there are some practical things that you can do. Understand that not everybody likes change. I'm way easier with change than you are. And our willingness to let each other process things at our own pace has been key. Um, and know your relationships, like talk with people. Don't, don't hold everything in there. Like you have to be able, and that's one of the things that you're trying to create with for community is a place for people to like have a safe space where they can share what's going on and not be worried about repercussions because let's be honest sometimes there are things that everyone says we should be wide open at church, but there are things you just can't say in the moment. No. Creating a safe place. Yeah. There's definitely practical things. I, and anybody that wants more information on that and how I transitioned practical things from being careful, social media wise, practical things, you know, um, that's something that I, I would love to put together one day, just the things I've learned from that. But, but yeah. Okay, I got one more question for you, but before I ask that, do you have any questions for me? Um, I, so I would say what, my question to you is, what would you say to somebody else who, you know, is going through differences in ministry with their spouse and how do you keep, how did you learn to keep our marriage first? during your frustration with me for trying to work through my ministry struggles? I think um, first it came to a point where I needed to choose you first. So I love you more than I love my job. Hmm. Which is, sounds crazy to some people, but I get my identity from my job. Pro or con, not every guy is that way. Some women do that. Some men, a lot of men get their identity from their job. I have gotten my, for a long time, I got my identity from my job. Some of that has faded away, you know, although I, I love what I do. I love you more. And... I've watched how much 
either my or other people's expectations of you have made things really difficult for you. And that doesn't make it better. And so if I make your expectations, if I make my expectations of you to just be you and just be your wife, uh, be for you to be my wife, um, it's a lot more healthy. And so, you know, through experience, I learned stop trying to make you me. And yeah, if you're not, if you're not going to do something, it's going to be okay. I'm going to defend you rather than defend. We've been a lot of times in our marriages, we've been, we've put the other person in the middle of something, whether it was you in the middle of me and your family or me in the middle of you and a church. Um, we've stopped doing that. And that's been really beneficial yeah. to us, I think. And I, I feel like, we are united, but we also tell each other when we're wrong, when we think we're wrong. So we have a, we have a good thing where we're united, we're supportive of each other, but we're also, you know, iron sharpens iron. We're not going to just, you know, defend the other person and we're going to say, hey, listen, you were wrong in this. Um, but something else, and I don't even know necessarily how to ask in question form, but thinking about ministry, we talk, I talk a lot about the hard things and joy for ministry so that women don't feel alone. So I could support them and pray for them. But you and I really do have a joy in, when we're doing ministry. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good thing for you to bring up. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly. I just felt like I wanted to bring it up. I don't know the direction I'm going with it. So help me out. Your, your, your passion has been to help people who, to find the people who are struggling in ministry. But there are times when your tone can be so focused on trying to help the person who's struggling that it can appear that ministry is just a struggle. And that is not your heart. Right. Or uh, the truth. And so there's this thing that you have to balance of trying to make sure your, your goal is to care for the person who's hurting. And so you're most of the time talking about the struggles, but it is, there is, I'm glad you brought that up because we love ministry. We wouldn't do, we, this is what we're doing. And you love helping people who love it. Right. Um, and so there is some encouragement that we need to make sure as part of JFM where it's like celebrate the wins because we're always focusing on helping people through the, the hurts. Um, but there is, there, there are wins and we've experienced them uh, in many ways. Um, and, you know, if it were all just down, Oh, that would be so tough. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so much the name is have, you know, having joy in ministry, like having joy for ministry. And I, I want to, what really grieves me is when people are hurt and walk away, think I can't do this or I'm not called. And I, I want to show just the, the joy and how you can thrive. And so I just wanted to touch on that for a minute with you, because you and I really do. And, and we have been through a hurt where we could have walked away and said, you know, but we know that the Lord has called us and there, I think we really do love doing it. 
Yeah, and we love, I, I love you enough to not even make fun of you when you use language like grieve and <laughs> grieve something, which is, you know, would point to you being 70. But that's where, you know, we learned to come through things and like, just let the other be the other. You're right. And listen, listen, we, we went through a church hurt and it happened on a Monday. And yeah. um, one particular really bad episode. And um, we, uh, by Tuesday, were like, we, we have to be in church on Sunday. It was not the church that we experienced the hurt at. And it, it was a safe place for us, a place of healing, a place where we knew there were people who cared about us. But we were very um, intentional about not getting away from the institution God has called us to be part of. And because we've seen that happen with people. Yeah. So I got one last question for you. Your original 20. If you were in a room with the original 20, your prayer request things, what would you say to the original 20 today? What would I say to them? I would tell them that I love them. I would tell them that they're never far from my heart, that I will probably spend the rest of my life um, holding them up in prayer at various times as the Lord puts them on my heart. And I consider them friends and I would, I would thank them because as much as I felt called to pray for them, they were my motivation for starting Joy for Ministry. Awesome. Um, well, what's next for JFM? Well, probably this is probably the end of the podcast season, so that we'll, that we'll have a break. Yeah, we are we are ending season two. I ended with some really amazing guests. Like it was such a fun, an amazing season. It was fun. I I, I enjoyed all of my guests um i we're taking a break we'll see what season three holds um be on the lookout for the video series that's going to be hitting in the next month or so so grab a journal for yourself for a friend do it where where can they get those you can go to my website joyforministry.com and it brings you, you can get on Amazon, but if you go to joyformistry.com, click on journal, it will bring you right to the Amazon link. Um, and then once the video series is up, there'll be more information on how to access those to go along with the devotional journal. And um, yeah, I'm hoping for more prayer requests in 2021, one-on-one -on -one prayer requests, some mentoring, um, and hopefully, if the world allows it, maybe a, an in-person event, we'll see. Yeah, or at least on Zoom. At least on Zoom. More, we have some cool has. information coming um, about more opportunities that God has brought to you. But uh, hey, so thank you for having me on your show, on the podcast. Um, and thank this you was for fun. coming on the podcast. Thank you for people, pushing me off the cliff. If people have uh, questions for us, they want to hear some, maybe our story or 
um, may, or if there's anything about our story that resonates with people that they have questions about or want more, more information or maybe some guidance, um, how can they get a hold of you? You can find me on social media, Joy for Ministry. You can email Joy for Ministry at Gmail. You can message me, direct message me on Instagram, Facebook. I could connect you, you could connect through the website. Um, more recently, you could check me out on Marco Polo if you want that information. So there's a multitude of ways. Was that too old saying multitude of ways? Is that like a 70 no, year old thing? That's fine. fine. And I can, I can envision right now as I, as I produce this later, this is about where the music's going to start to kick in and, uh, <laughs> and you're going to pitch it to the closing. So thanks for having me thank, on. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for all your support. I love you. My favorite. It's my favorite thing supporting you. I love you too. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that this just gives you a small window into what we're doing and where we're going. And please check out our resources. Go to joyforministry.com. If you need prayer, if you need more information, if you want the journal, check us out. You could email joyforministry at gmail.com. We would love to walk alongside you. Also, we will see you for season three, hopefully in the near future.